Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Brothers and sisters in Christ, peace be upon you. In this time, in this place, I hope you may experience God's presence with us. And for that end, let us pray. O good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. O good and gracious God, we are in the midst of transformation, in the midst of tragedy. O God, it is easy to look at the news of the day and to wonder where your presence is with us. O oh God, I humbly ask that we might get a glimpse of your will for us. Shed a little bit of your light on us that we can see more clearly which way to go in the midst of the darkness and the confusion of our day. O oh God, give us strength and courage. I humbly ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and minds might reflect that light-giving, life-giving presence. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. So, once again, we encounter John the Baptist. Once again, we sit and look as he eats his honey and locusts. Once again, we marvel at his camel habit with leather waistband. Once again, we hear his prophetic stance proclaiming a day to come that one who will be greater than us will come and transform our lives. Once again, we hear his call to baptism. Once again, as I was reflecting on this text and as I was reflecting on what it meant for us, verse 4 came to me. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of the repentance 
for the forgiveness of sins. The word metanoia is the word that is translated into repentance. It isn't just some simple change of one's lifestyle, a fad of going in or out, but it is an eternal change within oneself of who we are and whose we are. What would it be like to encounter John the Baptist in this time, in this place? For some, that change might be felt in a material possession. There are some in this community and within all communities who think that if we were to change somehow everything in our life would magically be better because of what is outside of ourselves. If only I had this new trinket or new gadget. If only I had this house or this car my world would be in a much better place. And that is not to say those material needs are not real. But there are many in my profession who look and say, oh, all that can be promised to you if you come and tithe something to our community of faith promising these transformations. It often reminds me of those TV shows where we see someone who may be very dutiful, worthy of having a transformation, and then those people are given this opportunity through the television program to have their house transformed or buy all new set of clothes. And the real feeling of thanks is real. And there is a real sense that their lives are changed. But the question I'm always struck whenever I watch those sh shows is, but is that the outside or the inside? When I log on to YouTube and I start watching my videos, I'm always struck by these get-rich-quick schemes. If you would adopt my program, you too can be a millionaire. If you adopt my program, you can get the girl you want or the guy you want. If you adopt my program, your life will be changed in so many ways. If you adopt my program. Truth be told, they're nothing more than multi-level marketing.
promising you to gain something from nothing. And yes, sometimes they do work. Yes, sometimes you make money. But for the vast majority, that's not true. And that's always been a part of our consumer society. But it's gotten worse now. In the last four years, we saw a man achieve the highest office, promising those who would support him that, yes, he had the program to solve your problems, that he would magically know who shouldn't be a part of our government and who should, and he would make sure that, that those changes could take place, that he and he alone could change this country and quote-unquote make it better. Now, these four years, we know something deeply. He lied. His promises were not worth their weight. The problem with the million-dollar makeover is that it changes the external, but often keeping the internal. Yet there's another change. When I talk to people who are in recovery, when I talk to people who get that prognosis of a terminal illness, they often speak about a moment, sometimes they will even use the word spiritual moment, of bottoming them out, of coming to terms with the reality that they don't have control, that they don't have power. And so they turn it over to God. And through that and through working through the program, they come to see the value of their life, not in some bold life or existence where every need is satisfied, but where they can enjoy the moment of the now. That they can celebrate having this day, this daily bread. For those in the recovery culture, they know what metanoia is because they live out of the reality that they once were bound by an addiction. In this worldview, they come to see that that addiction, while it had control over them, they could live into the sobriety of giving it over to God, they could have a life and have a life most abundant. What would it look like if we as a community of faith reflected John's 
ministry of metanoia. Here's where I stand. I don't think it would be some miraculous million dollar makeover of who we are or promising people that. Moreover, I would think it would be a community of faith who earnestly sought God's will in their lives, who earnestly sought to benefit from being with one another, sharing the stories of triumph, sharing the, stroy, the stories of struggle, helping one another to build an infrastructure to live authentically into who they are and whose they are. To be present with them in the midst of the good and the bad. And where they could, lessening the suffering as much as they can. Not just for the people in the community of the faith, but throughout the world. A shared humanity to lessen the suffering of our world. That's a bold vision. It's a challenging vision. But once again, we sit with John the Baptist. Once again, we hear of a baptism that allows us to have a life and a life most abundant. And once again, we wait for God's presence with us. May it be so for us. Amen, amen, amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.